0: What's your story? Whether you are a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Heimenson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Heimenson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello,
1: and welcome to the Win Podcast. What's important now? With your host Corey Heimnitzon and Corey, it's it's always great to be with you, but this is an interesting podcast in that you are coming at this one from a slightly unexpectedly different kind of direction this time around the love <laughs> of storage. What,
2: What? what's going on? Oh yeah. What could go wrong with that? Huh? you know. So <laughs> if we haven't already lost every listener, <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, I, I, anybody that's listened to a few of these, these episodes, they, they know that we, we try to circle things together, or bring it together and actually create something productive by the end, you know, and, and I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing, but when I read a an unusual statistic or something I find interesting, it immediately makes my mind go to economics and cause and effect and yes. on and on and on. And so-
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that, by the way.
2: You know, so, and, and I know, I totally understand that not everybody thinks that way and, and that's okay. We all want to think differently, but so what I'm calling this today is the joys of organization would be the official title of today's mm-hmm. episode. But you're right. We're going to start with storage. Storage and storage units. I can wow. hear the crowd well, it- crowd erupting. <laughs> <laughs> the whole podcasting world just went, what? <laughs> you know, and so, and I get it. Just those words, or even the word organization probably scares some people. But, you know, let's go here. So here's the statistic I read a while back. And, and basically it says that it's estimated that 13 and a half million households in our country currently rent a storage unit wow so you, you do math on it i mean that that's like 11 percent or you know a little over one out of 10 people are currently renting a storage unit and you do the math on that and you think there's no way in hell that can be right you know so what did i do i drove around my city why wouldn't i and, and i drove <laughs> around and you know i'm in i'm in the midwest and not in a large metropolis but i didn't realize how many storage units were even available i shouldn't say available existing right in in my city and then i put pencil to paper and i figured out how many households are in my town and basically the formula becomes one in five households in my city have the ability to rent a storage unit because there's that many wow and there's only about it's less than one percent of them are available for for renting today so that means that you know my city is is above the curve well, I've seen I've
1: seen numbers higher than actually than than the one in five. I've seen numbers that suggest one in three, and I, I I all I know is that there must be something to this because you know storage war units and the whatnot are huge in
2: reality TV. So <laughs> it's amazing how much cool stuff people just abandon for those You're shows. Right, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you and I went and started buying auctioned units, we would not have as, as good a luck as the people on TV in those I those reality suspect shows.
1: You not. I think I'd probably end up with a bunch of old clothes or something, you know?
2: <laughs> we, we'd be renting dumpsters to, we'd have to pay to rent dumpsters to dump the stuff we just bought. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so, man. so when
1: you were looking at these things, why are
2: they so popular?
1: Uh, uh, the serious question I'm laughing yeah. as I ask.
2: Yeah. No, and, and, and I looked into that a little bit and, and basically, you know, the internet is a never-ending spiral of information if you want to get opinions and things like that but i was able to really dial it down there's about 7 reasons essentially and we're not going super deep into these but 7 right. reasons uh that seem to be popular reasons or or ideas of why people think they need these storage units you know and so the first one that pops up is is just to offset the stress of moving now that maybe makes sense you're in between houses you know you just it's part of a project let's sure. say the second one starts going down the rabbit hole. It's basically to provide more space in your primary home. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't necessarily justify that it's a good idea, but it just means people have too much stuff. Okay. So
1: well, I, I, look, I, I've worked for, for decades in Manhattan, and I could tell you lots of people in apartment in New York City apartments rent storage units because they just don't have the space.
2: Well, Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. See, I'm, I'm used to a, a different market where, People generally live in houses or apartments that are probably too big for what they really need. And in Manhattan, I'm sure it takes a couple dimes a month to to rent a crappy apartment probably. Oh
1: God, yes.
2: (laughs) So yeah, good point. Good point. So number three, uh, some people store vehicles, you know, so maybe they have a, let's say a convertible and you don't want it outside in the winter, or maybe you don't have parking, you know, if you have an apartment, I don't know. So I'm okay with that one too. Number four, temporarily organize a home renovation. So, you know, maybe you're remodeling your kitchen or something like that. So again, this kind of falls into an okay, okay reason, I'd say. Number five is interesting to me. And, and I've seen this one firsthand because I deal with a lot of people, but it's to store a loved one's belongings, living hmm. or not living. You know, and a lot of times I see it where, you know, somebody loses a loved one and probably a parent, let's say, and they just don't know what to do with their stuff, but they can't part with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've had experience with that. Yes.
2: And and I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to tell people to lay on the couch and open their inner feelings to me. But, um, you know, life happens and everybody deals with things in different ways. So I get that. exactly. Uh, number six, summer rental of, of maybe dorm room items. You know, so maybe you got a kid in college and. Yep. They, they travel back home for the summer, you know, that totally makes sense.
1: Good. No, that. no, I, I'm guilty. I will, I will tell you right up front, I am t- guilty on that point because when my kids were in college, it's like, do we want to move this stuff back or do we just want to rent something for a couple of months here and and save ourselves all, at the expense of back and forth and the hassle of back and forth?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. I have a daughter that goes to college quite a ways away from where we normally live. And so in the summer, the last two summers we've rented from a from a large rental place out there. Yeah. And I found it interesting that on the document, we put it under her name, teach her some responsibility, you know, it, and on the document, it, it says you have to provide proof of, of renter's insurance on your stuff, or you'd have to pay, I think it was 12 bucks a month extra Nope. For essentially buying insurance from them, well, I said to the person, "I'm like, this stuff's not that valuable, <laughs> you <laughs> okay. know." And they said, this "Well, is
1: probably like twenty dollars total value, yeah, okay?" You know?
2: <laughs> and so I said, "Well, you know, I have homeowners insurance. I'll we'll just call that good." And they said, "No, she signed the document, so your your daughter needs to get renters insurance." Well, hell, that's going to cost. By the time you mess around for a summer rental, we'd be going backwards, you know. So it just I found it interesting that it's just one more way they can get in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's all credit card or bank drafts. So, I mean, once it's turned on, people don't pay any attention to what they're spending, right. probably. But there you go. Okay, number seven, uh, to keep business inventory organized. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of get that. Maybe that's running a business and you just need more storage. So, yeah. some of these I'm good with. Some of these I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Here's my real takeaway from all this. Things that let's say you're renting a storage unit. It makes sense if it's a short term event, but I think far too many people are renting these things and forgetting about them. And then years go by, you know, and then yeah. that's not a good money event, you know, and, but again, I'm not here to judge people on, on that sort of stuff. We're going to tie it into something bigger, right? Cause that's what we do. Yeah. I, I think the bigger picture is that the average human is not really built or very good at at managing a lot of things in their lives.
1: Amen. Yes.
2: and, And so what I'm saying is if they don't get a kick out of being super organized, they're going to find easy solutions to just get stuff out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I mean, it
1: It it really, it's the proverbial kicking the can down the road or out of sight, out of mind. Like you just said, I got, I've got all this junk. What do I do? I'm going to move it over here where I don't see it. And I just can't, I can't deal with it right now. And now it doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> and, and so this is interesting. So of course I keep digging deeper. So I I, I find a bunch of research and, and documents, and I, and I didn't steal these, these are public record, of publicly traded real estate investment trusts that manage properties like these mm. you know, in larger places. And so yeah. what these companies have behind the scenes is basically research and documents that they, they refer to as a tenant length of stay. So an LOS, length of stay. Oh. And so what this is, if you dig into this, they know, on average, how long a tenant's going to stay depending on which month they move in. They also know that length of staying is highly correlated to the size of the unit that you rent. There's a lot of science to this. This isn't just Joe or Jane uh, slapping up a metal building and putting some dividers in there. You know what I mean? This is big business. Interesting. So what do they
1: tell us? I mean, what, what can we learn from this? What, what's the insight it gave you?
2: Yeah, this is like a 12-page report, and I am not going to read this to, to our listeners. But a um, couple of the key takeaways was the larger the unit you rent, the longer you stay. <laughs> this, wow, now, that yeah. isn't rocket science, right? You got more stuff in there, so why would you want to move it, right? But I did find that, you know, on average, most people are there. At, it's, it's nearly a year. Is what the industry average is.
1: That actually surprises me because I figured it would be longer than a year. To be really honest,
2: uh, yeah, I,
1: uh,
2: yeah, yeah. You just don't know what to make of it. I mean, and maybe it it falls back into those seven reasons too. You know what I mean? But uh,
0: yeah.
2: and it depends on your market too. In in, in the Midwest, it's you know you're not going to spend a hundred bucks for a small unit, but you might on the coast or where you're living.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So tell me, what does that tell us about? I mean, on the surface, it would sound like this is an attempt by people to organize their lives. But, but you know, as we were just talking about, it also clearly is an attempt to just. Uh, this is I can't deal with this right now. I'm moving this. I, I'm I'm putting it over there where I don't see it. Uh, get just get it out of my way.
2: Yeah, and and, and this can translate beyond stuff or objects you know so right. where it gets into my wheelhouse is people's finances it's the same damn thing you, you got stuff here you got it there you don't really want to deal with moving it because you think it's going to be a lot of work it's, it's that same out of sight out of mind thing but eventually there's a day of reckoning whether it's a storage unit or your 42 different investment accounts somebody's going to clean up your mess If you don't don't want your spouse or your, your kids dealing with a train wreck, then take that step, you know, reach out to somebody, a trusted advisor. It can be Corey. It can be one of the other thousands and thousands of advisors out there and trusted professionals that can help you get through this because there are people that help people get organized, whether it's their kitchen or their pantry or, (laughs) or their portfolio of, of stocks and bonds and real estate investment trusts.
1: Yeah, I I'm, I I probably am as guilty as many of the listeners in that it's like my finances aren't they're not totally disorganized, but they're not as organized as they probably could be, you know.
2: Well, and and I think again, does it make sense to have one advisor driving your bus and knowing the whole thing? Certainly, but to your point, even bank accounts, how many how many checking accounts do you have? You know, I mean there's a lot going on in our lives. Lives are complicated and that's without all the curves and variables that come yeah. along your way. So being organized makes a heck of a lot of sense. And, and so I'm gonna tie this into a professional organizer who I would have never known by name a couple of years ago until my wife started seemingly organizing all kinds of stuff around her house. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, well, it's the Marie Kondo method. You ever heard of Marie Kondo? Uh,
1: I have, uh, same way you did, same way you have.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: And I, of course, I'm like, who is this person? Yeah, you know, I had no ideas, but you know, my wife saw her on TV or read about it or something somewhere. You know, essentially, she's written books, but she's a so called expert on on helping people get organized. Yeah. And and so as I'm seeing this event around her house and I'm thinking, you know, why is she throwing that away? Maybe I like that. You know, it, I thought i better figure out what's going on here and so i did a little homework down the rabbit hole again you know seeing who this condo person is and the thing that really struck me as interesting is that her point was generally people are always looking for things to throw away but they're hmm. what they should what they should be doing is finding the things that they want to keep and then her big tagline is things that make you happy you know what i mean if you've yes kept, 17 t-shirts are there six of them that that maybe make you happy and if so keep the six donate the other 11 you
1: know (laughs) right no that makes sense actually and and, and, but that's interesting because it's like not coming at it from the throw it away standpoint it comes you're coming at it from a a keep it kind of standpoint
2: yeah and so now years have gone by and my wife will see me in the garage and i'm digging through a drawer that Is some of the tools that were left when we bought the house like 19 years ago from the previous owner and she'll and i'll say yeah boy this is a pretty nice hatchet and she says have you used it well well no i haven't used it in 19 years you know and she's like does it bring you joy and then instantly i know what the hell she's talking about and i'm like (laughs) yeah i guess we don't need that anymore and then a year from now i'll need a hatchet and i'll give her help but (laughs) but the, the concept the concept makes a lot of sense and 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 this organizer person also suggests, you know, don't say, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle the entire house today. No, find a category, find that t-shirt drawer, find the silverware drawer, you know, whatever right. it is, start in a small area and just keep the stuff that makes you happy. And is functional, of course, you know, but yeah, I mean, well, yeah. and, and so then the planner in me comes at it in the same way and says, this kind of strikes me that why couldn't a person organize their own finances essentially in the same way? Now, I know not everybody gets a a big kick or a big joy out of owning a an exchange traded fund in the finance industry, let's say, you know, but <laughs> but the bigger picture is does that retirement account holding that exchange traded fund potentially give you peace of mind or joy that comes with peace of mind knowing that there's a benefit down the road or at the end of the rainbow or whatever you yeah. want to say.
1: Well, you i think you're on to something in the sense that you know and i'm i'm sure you know this, this 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 these numbers but uh cnbc did a survey in the spring of this year 2023 and the the thing that so shocked me is that 70% of americans surveyed said they were stressed out about money so i would i would think and you're the planner So you tell me, I I would think that if you got a little more organized about your finances, if you got a little more intentional and deliberate about them, it might create a slightly lower level of stress. Is that
2: what you found? Yeah, I think that's totally right. I see stress from people in two ways. The first would be people on the lower end of the scale of, of net worth, let's say. And so these might be younger people, or they might be people that just haven't done a very good job of accumulating yet, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so to them, their nest egg isn't as large. And so that is stressful. And you pair that with maybe essentially living paycheck to paycheck or feeling like you're always shredding water to try and get ahead. I get it. There's total stress there on the other end of the spectrum. I get stress from people or signs of stress when they're getting, you know, within a few years of retirement, and it doesn't matter if they've got a hundred thousand dollars or ten million dollars. That same stress will bubble up to the surface when they get close to that age window or to that uh, you know we call it the finish line of of primary careers. Yeah, because that fear is there of have I done enough? You know, and and it is scary. I get it, and we want to get retirement right the first time. Right. We don't want people going back to work if they don't have to, you know, if you want to go back to work, great. But that's, we don't want to, because, because the train got off the rails, you know? And so I think there's ways to solve that stress level for both of these camps with communication and, and planning and understanding, because boy, you put me in a room with somebody and, and I can probably almost talk him off of a, talk, talk him off a ledge. Maybe I should have been a hostage negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought about that till just now just hit me. But I mean, Corey mediator. <laughs> I, I am really good at explaining things in a simple way. And I'm not here to sugarcoat that, you know, markets can't go down or there's things that are bad in life and, and they're part of the trade-off of playing the investment game. But if you weigh the facts If you look at history, if you have a designed plan in place, man, probability is in your back pocket, head in the right direction, that things will be okay. And so people, young people, people close to retirement, all over the age spectrum, you need somebody you can confide in and and be honest with, and by all means, get your stuff organized.
1: No, that, that that makes sense. That makes well, sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, now you 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 deal with people. You you know, what's interesting here, Corey, is that you're speaking from a place of practicality because you deal with people who are stressed about their finances, who are worried about whether they've got enough to retire, or you know, or, or if they're doing things okay, and can we get by? You know, I mean, th- this this has got to be part of your day to day reality, I would think.
2: Oh, for sure. The average client interaction meeting I have, whether it's a phone meeting or virtual meeting, in-person meeting, we actually spend very little time on the charts and the graphs and the past performance. Right. Because what's important is this moment right now in front of you, Mr. or Mrs. Client or prospect, looking forward. You know what I mean? We can't drive this car looking backwards. Let's look out the windshield. You know, and... You have to communicate what's important, and honestly, that ties right into the name of this podcast. This has been my my vision for for years. Is that financial planning industry has always said, "Oh, you got to have this boring forty year plan." There's too many twists and turns in in a forty year span. Or you know,
1: Lord, there's a lot that can go. There's a lot that goes on in forty years.
2: Yeah, you know. So so let's let's focus on what's important now. What's important important today. In this phone call or this meeting or now that little son or daughter, you know, has an illness or whatever it is. And I mean, this totally makes sense going back to the whole what makes you happy. I mean, you can't be happy unless you got your ducks in a row, essentially, on, on what you're trying to accomplish, whether that's gathering assets, whether that's having a job you enjoy, retirement, organizing your house so you just feel better about the place you spend most of your day in. I mean... We can go on and on, but this what's important now concept makes, just makes a ton of sense to me. And, and maybe I'm the only guy in the world thinking that. But you know what? It's my flag, and I'm going to wave it. Well, no, you should wave it. Because, I mean, really and truly, that's what it comes down to, right? I
1: mean, really, that's what it comes down to. What's important now is, 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 is almost certainly different from what was important now, say, 10 years ago, and what will be important now, say, five years from now.
2: Oh, I, I just had this question. Uh, a, a college student was writing a paper, and they just asked if they could, you know, kind of get some background on on my career, essentially, not necessarily putting my name on it, but writing a, a paper right. for their finance class. And 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 I said that to him. I I said when I started the business I'm in, I never, never would have dreamt it would get as large as it is today. I never would have thought we would be as successful as we've been. And I'm not here to toot the horn but it's like to your point there's been some twists and turns and changes and uh for for the good but pretty soon you wake up and you don't go to work for the same reason that you used to when i started this i was busting my tail you know because you wanted to to build something and see what it turned into and now this is like uh driving an ocean liner you know what i mean (laughs) this this is a big event uh takes some forward thinking every day but my day certainly looks different today than it did back then. And honestly, my priorities are different now at this age in life. If I'm you know, 53 years old, I'm not ready to hang it up yet. But uh, maybe my objectives for what happens uh, to the dollars my wife and I have left when we're done, it, it might not be just straight to the kids. Maybe, it's, maybe we believe more in charitable causes now. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, things change and your mind changes and that's fine. As long as you understand that and you know where you want to go next. Well, how do you help people
1: get organized, Corey? I mean, what's a conversation like that sound like?
2: This, <laughs> this sounds funny, but we uh, we found that, you know, sometimes people come in, they say, oh, I've just got so much stuff that I don't know where to start. And what we'll say to them, and this sounds crazy, we'll say, we'll give you a box and we want you to put it all. Everything you think you want to get organized now I'm not talking the stuff around the house, I'm talking financial related. So if you've got any kind of document that's insurance, investment, pension, uh, tax returns, you know, I can go down a laundry list, which we do right. that too. I'm like, just bring it in here. We'll sort it through. We'll put it in piles. We'll tell you what's important, what's not. We'll explain what you have to work with, what maybe is outdated and and people, you can just see the relief on their face when they're like, Oh, you'll do that? We don't have to, like, divide up the piles ourselves. You know, it's like it starts with communication and just some research, but a good advisor or a good advisory office with a team can do a lot of that legwork before you have meeting number two to figure out what the heck's got to be done next. It's like going to the doctor. You know, yeah. you go there, you explain what you're up against, and, and then they come back with a, uh, a prescription or a, a plan of, of action. And we do the same darn thing.
1: What do you? I, what's your advice for people who don't have a financial advisor? I mean, obviously, you know, if they're listening to this, they should get in touch with you. But, and I'm not being facetious in the sense of, I mean, how do people go about choosing a, a financial advisor to help them be organized like you're talking about? Yeah, it,
2: and this is interesting to me because history says that investing pretty much works about three out of four years on average. So what that means is the average person on the street who thinks they can do this all on their own and and have their own research and stay on top of it, they're probably going to think they're pretty good three out of four years. But you know what happens? That fourth year, that average, uh, you know, by statistics year comes along and it's not fun. And and so that's that's the eye-opener for a lot of people that then realize, well, this stuff maybe is harder than I thought. So what does that mean? It means unless you want to be an expert, do all the research yourself. And the talking heads on TV will say this too. If you're investing in individual stocks that you pick yourself, you should be doing some research every week on the ones you already own. So you're doing, this is an ongoing project. So if you want to spend, you know, 10 hours a week doing that, that's what you should be doing to try and get optimal success. For the vast majority of people, I don't think they have the time or the the wherewithal or the understanding mm-hmm. to or do even these necessarily things the right. inclination. Correct. Absolutely correct. And, and that's where it could be the same thing with your tax return. You want to do your own tax return, uh, do all the research every year of the updates? No, most people don't want to do that. So why wouldn't you team up with somebody and and let them take the heavy lifting off the plate? Because we do this every day and we pay a lot of money every month for research so that we can streamline our research that I don't have to do, uh, 10 hours a week of research for bill and 10 hours of research for Sally Mm -hmm. and Rachel, you know, we, we have the ability to scale it and provide the knowledge and the solutions to make life easier for people and and other advisors and planners in our country do the same darn thing. You know what I mean? But you got to like who you're with. You got to trust them and they got to talk to you in a real fashion so that they're not just blowing smoke.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that part of this is just part of selecting a financial advisor comes down to an intuitive connection and part of it comes down to a functional, real trust, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. And it's no different. You know, I keep going back to this podcast. There are hundreds, if not thousands of financial advisor podcasts. You know what? I'd put a line in the sand and say at least mine's better and more entertaining than most of those because I make it real. There's a hell of a lot (laughs) of them that just sound like a real monotone national public radio, nothing against our friends at national public radio. But there are certain people you want in your corner when stuff gets real, for lack of a better phrase, Right. and you have to connect with that person. And again, we're to the point at our office where we don't necessarily – work with every every person that contacts our office we want to make sure it's a good fit for both sides you know uh, because if we can't provide value and and have clients and prospects that are accountable to to deliver and communicate with us you know then then maybe somebody else is a better fit but hey on that front we always work with uh friends and family and referrals of our existing clients because we believe that connection is absolutely real
1: no know because you get a built-in testimonial yeah. <laughs> right,
2: right. Uh, hopefully hopefully those people are
1: like we love the guidance that we get from hymanson so we, you know <laughs> the, we absolutely go talk to those people
2: there you go you know so I, I it all just makes sense to me you know what i mean from storage units to organization to making decisions today you know man life isn't that hard if you can just connect the dots or have somebody else help you connect the dots
1: well okay. see and there you go folks this is how you begin a podcast, talking about storage units, and you end it talking about financial advice and the importance of a financial advisor in terms of helping you get organized. Well done, Court. Well
2: done. Uh-huh. There you go. But maybe I should throw the gauntlet down and just see if, if there's any listeners out there that want to challenge me with a, with a random topic, and I'll tie that to finance as well. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I, I want to I I emphasize
1: the gauntlet having been thrown. For those who are listening, Throw down the gauntlet Corey's way. And and, and if you've got a topic you, that you think, I bet he can't talk about this. I want you to get in touch with Corey. And Corey, how would they do that if they want to get in touch with you to, to answer the challenge?
2: Yes. Give us a call. 800-657-4316. Some of you out there have our website. You, you can email us as well. And, and I'll even sweeten the offer. If you give me a topic to challenge me, we'll buy you a coffee mug and free coffee for your own leisure at home. And if you can stump me, we'll buy you a T-shirt or something. I don't know. We'll, come up- <laughs> we'll have a prize. A stump prize. <laughs> tree. Hell, hell, we could plant a tree if they stump me. How about that? There you
1: go. Oh, that's good. I like that. Plant a tree is great. <laughs> I like that. I'm a big fan of trees. Got lots of them around here. Well, Corey, thanks. This has been a fun and interesting and, as always, entertaining podcast. And and listeners, if you're listening for the first time, do you get a sense of what you're missing? Because this is really <laughs> genuinely a pretty good example of the good times <laughs> it's had here every, all the time. Right so on. if you like it, hit the subscribe button. That way you don't have to remember where you found it or how you get back to it. You just hit the subscribe button. It shows up on your listening device. You don't have to do searches. There it is. And you won't miss another episode. And we do humbly ask that you take the time, if you would, to rate and share the podcast. Because by doing that, you help other people find out just what kind of a good time we have here with Corey. And and you help the podcast grow in terms of listeners. On behalf of Corey, I'm Bill Tucker, thanking you for listening and encouraging you to live your best day today. Don't postpone it because that's what's important now.
0: We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.HeimansonWealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.